Welcome to another episode at the Be Guided and Be Great podcast, where being intuitive is understood and being sensitive is a good thing. I'm your host, Kate St. Clair. This week's podcast is called What's Your Family's Intuitive Story? and 10 questions to excavate your intuitive history. So when I start working with a brand new student, one of the things we talk about during that first session is the family's attitude, belief systems, patterns, um, overall understanding of intuition. And we talk through these things to also excavate your own intuitive story. So the impressions you had when you were a little kid or the straight up psychic experiences you had. Um, meanwhile, really honoring that up to this time on the planet, those of us with that were little psychic kids, very rarely um, did we have anyone to talk to about such things. Um, I think that's a really rare thing in my observation over the last 15 plus years of working with the public and in my own life experience, it's very rare to have had a family honor, speak openly, even understand what intuition is, uh, let alone honor it in uh, perhaps children, you know, those of us that were extra sensitive or extra psychic or because everybody does have intuition. Let me just put that right up front. Everyone does have it. Um, and when I work with students, I have women that will flat up say, I am not a medium or I was not a psychic child. And really during this excavating, this ex excavation process, we find you absolutely had uh, mediumistic experiences or you were very much a psychic kid. It's just that you perhaps put it under the label, under the file in the memory, under the title daydreaming or... I was just thinking about, you know, I was thinking about something or I was just daydreaming or I just thought something that was weird, you know, we file it away under very false contexts. <laughs> so part of my work um, as a mentor today is to bring these memories out into the light and to appropriately file it away under your intuition. So we're going to briefly talk in this podcast about, you know, what are the 10 questions we want to ask ourselves to dig deeper in, to get more conscious around the family's belief system and attitude about their own, you know, about intuition in general, about their own intuitive experiences and their attitude around your intuitive experiences. Um, and if, again, if it wasn't talked about, we can still ask these questions to find out the deeper sort of, because we're all spiritual beings. So there were messages sent to us. I don't care who you are and I don't care where you were raised. There were spiritual messages sent to you from the people around you that had you file it away in the memory, probably under a false heading. <laughs> so... It's just really, it's truly a life-changing experience for all of us, certainly in, within myself. And the transformation in my clients is when I see them finally understand that their daydreaming was actually psychic information they were receiving. And, in you know, through what, Claire? Was that a full visual experience they had when they were daydreaming? 
i.e. clairvoyance? Was that, was it just this complete download of knowledge? Like you, you're sitting on a train, the train starts. And by the time you get to your destination, you have a full knowing as one of my clients, students has said that she was absolutely prepared for a divorce. And it was from on the train, not really knowing what to do by the end of the ride, full downloaded information of what she now knew she needed to do. Um, so I'm excited to dig deeper. And what I will do is I'll print out these, um, or rather I'll post these 10 questions on my website at katesaintclair.com. Give me a day or two to make sure I, I get it up because <laughs> my schedule's so full. I'm not doing a great job with my administration and I'm, um, between, um, help with that. So, um, as I said, go ahead and go to my website and I believe it will be under episode 35, I think. And you'll, you'll, you can go ahead and print out these questions to dig deeper and do this work on your own. Okay. Well, before we get to, um, question number one, I just want to button up the, what I had said about, um, you know, women will say to me, I'm not a medium. I don't know how to do that. I don't know how you do that. And, people that have gone through my intuitive program, my mentorship, um, they were absolutely were mediums and I knew they were. And through our work together, because I work so hard with my clients to context things appropriately, to refile memori uh, memories, recategorize them under the appropriate heading under intuition and all intuition falls under your clairs somehow. You either had a clairvoyant experience, a claircognitive you know, cognizant experience, clairaudient experience and such. So, um, through working with, with their skill directly, I'm able to tell them how they are actually picking up the other side, how they are knowing the things that they know so that going forward, they can confidently access their loved ones on the other side. And when they inevitably are called to be a medium, to be of service, to be helpful in the world, they are, they are more conscious on how they access their clairs to bring in those messages from the other side, right? Through their intuition. And the woman, the client that was on the train didn't quite know what to do with the marriage. By the time she was done, she's incredibly claircognizant. So she, her, her richest, her fullest, her fastest, her first intuitive skill is claircognizance, which is clear knowing. Um, so not a lot of images, you know, not a lot of feeling. It was just a full download that she knew what she needed to do next. And, uh, you know, the, the end of the story, if you will, she told her husband she wanted divorce and he did too. So that information that she received was the information he received. And it's just a, a even, even when it seems sad, even when guidance is painful, there's truth in that. So that train ride for her um, brought her the clarity she needed for both of them to move forward with certainty and trust that they were doing the right thing. Um, so I just wanted to button that story up because I just, I could talk all day about things like that, but I'll, I'll try to stay focused. I've got 10 questions and I'm long winded. And so I definitely want to try to keep this podcast under 30 minutes. So let's go ahead and start with question number one that you'll ask yourself. Number one, what was the overall attitude about intuition 
you know, whether you call it intuition, whether you call it being psychic, whether you could, you were even allowed to say the word psychic. Um, what was the attitude about intuition within the family? So try to get a, a fuller vibe about the family. And my folks were divorced. So I have to kind of, when I look at the family, I had to sort of look at it in three parts because I also had a step family. So I, I, I do want you to, to fill out into the extent of your family and just kind of get a broad impression at first on what the truth was about intuition. Was it talked about? Was it celebrated? Did you, were you ever told you can directly, um, be guided? Did it have to go through a priest? Did it have to go through Christ? Uh, did it go through the angels? Were there angels? Um, you know, things like this to just get a deeper uh, consciousness around maybe some spots that you're still blindsided in, you know, some of the ways your intuition is blinded because you haven't quite looked at how the family um, celebrated or allowed intuition to be real. Um, this is a really good question to get clear on it. Okay, number two, did any of your family members talk about being intuitive or psychic? Um, so again, like my greatest prayer going forward for children that are born is that they absolutely can be intuitive, can be psychic, can be sensitive, and it's honored and respected. Um, just and normalized, like you're a good football player, you're a good baseball player. Um, that you know, Jimmy's good at math. Like, just these are things that people can just be good at. You know, there's no competition. It's not a big deal. Um, you know, you don't float on a cloud just because you're intuitive. You're just, it's a natural, normal part of being a human. And some kids are absolutely just born very skilled at that. <laughs> and perhaps you were too. So with that being said, many of us were not, um, talked to about intuition. Really, I didn't even hear the word, you know, 1980s Montana. Um, I didn't really hear the word intuition, um, psychics were just kind of things in movies, you know, maybe the movie ghost was kind of, you know, it was kind of make believe there was certainly never any indication that I could be, or anyone I would ever know would be, um, a medium. It was just, uh, something I saw on TV. Um, and this, I just think this is a really important question to, um, because I, I, I'm going to tell a quick story. So when I started to study intuition, one of the people, of course, that I studied was Sylvia Brown, you know, that great American psychic. Um, and she constantly said she comes from 300 years of psychic. So it's in her family, it's in her blood, you know, and I had nothing to reference like that. So while I was studying, I was also saying there's no way in hell I am because nobody I knows is. And so I couldn't possibly be. So it really stunted my growth is the point <laughs> of sharing that. And it wasn't until I came out of my own psychic closet that, you know, when I came out and I told my dad and, you know, how do you come out of the psychic closet? It's just, it was, that's strange also. But when I told him, I'm like, just to let you know, you know, I'm getting, I'm getting help with this. I'm getting mentorship. I'm, I'm figuring this out. And 
I, t- I explained a couple of things that I'd been through. And by then I'd done this professionally for about two years. And so I shared some of the experiences that I got to experience while working with the public, working with strangers. That's where you sharpen your intuitive skill is when you work on people you don't know anything about. And it's, that's the exciting part as an, as an intuitive, as a medium. Um, and on that visit, when I shared these things with my dad, he was really quiet. And about 15 minutes later, pretty much for the rest of the visit, I think he was there two more days. He could not stop talking about all of his intuitive experiences. So number two, did any of your family members talk about being intuitive or psychic? That, that is why I tell this story. That is why I want you to think about it because if you were brave enough to talk to your family, would they be brave enough to admit it? So there's that, that sort of refinement, right? Would they be honest even if they did? And two, are, can you be honest with your family? Are they safe enough to even to talk to about this or do they get really defensive or try to put you down or try to end the conversation right away? So just to get really conscious about your comfort, their comfort and is it safe enough to, you know, is it possible to have a deeper explorative conversation with your family and perhaps be something you can share with them or help them grow? I I just find that, especially my generation, we can be the thing that can allow the older generations to finally have access to their intuition. Um, where I, I absolutely know in my son's generation, he's 12 now, this won't be such a big deal (laughs) and it won't kind of be his job to help the older generations wake up and have conversations because it's becoming part of our dialect now. It's becoming part of, um, you know, hearing intuitive, hearing psychic is really not that big of a deal anymore. Thank God. So question to ask yourself to, to find out the barometer of where your comfort level is, where their comfort level is, is there a possibility of a a expanded conversation or not? Okay. Question number three, what messages did your mother send you about a person's ability to be intuitive and or psychic? Um, so, you know, we're just, we're just taking that role of mother and, you know, whether you're a man or a woman, um, just seeing whether she used terms like mother's intuition or whether she in any capacity owned that birthright to be intuitive, to be in tune with you. Was she in tune with you? Was she in tune with life? Um, did she pray? Did she ask for guidance? Did she, um, encourage you to use your guidance? Did she encourage you to pray and to, uh, pursue a life, um, that you can only pursue through the clarity of your intuition, um, or, you know, maybe a more, more old fashioned way to say that, um, you know, God's will or, um, gosh, I'm trying to think of what my grandma used to say and I'm having a hard time remembering it right now, but, but anyway, the, the question number three is, you know, what messages did your mother send you about a person's ability to be intuitive or psychic? Um, and just because this is something that many, many, many women, uh, men and women, but I mainly work with women. So, um, 
this is such a powerful role to confront in terms of how comfortable you are you with your own intuition. If you're a woman and you're thinking of mother's intuition, is that something that was perverted um, for you? I.e. maybe your mom had no intuition for you. Maybe anything you thought was guidance was sort of humiliated or shamed out of you. So not only do we want to think of the influence in a positive way, which I think is very, very valuable, and we must pursue the positive aspect of the mother relationship. Um, but it's also really important to say, like, especially as a woman, did your mom shame that out of you? Or um, to this day, you know, my mother, whom I haven't spoken to for years, would probably tell the world I'm not psychic. I don't have the skill. I don't know what I'm talking about because my mother has no experience with who I am. However, <laughs> you know, she was there when I knew I would meet the lead singer of a band and I would I just knew, you know, I told the story many times, but I knew I was going to meet the lead singer of a band when I was 15, 14, 15 years old. I had a boyfriend call my mother when I was about 18 and say, you know, Kate really talks about this guy as if she's going to meet him. You know, he just was kind of concerned. <laughs> and I was concerned. I think we were all concerned because I could, I just knew I was going to meet this person. Again, I'm 18 years old and you know in Montana and he was uh much older than me in New York City so logically when I was getting this feeling that I was going to meet the guy that just didn't make sense to anybody but she was also there for two years later when I turned 20 I moved to the city and when I met the guy and started dating him within three years of being in the city so you know that's like a, another texture of does your mother know you have a gift and would she still to this day in real time say you have no gift, you're full of shit, right? So maybe, you know, hold your hand over your heart and be very compassionate and gentle with yourself, especially as you explore question three, if there's any sort of charge there. I have many girlfriends that have incredible mothers and this would not be a big deal to explore question three. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously if that, if you just cannot even relate, then, then don't, that's okay. Just pursue it. Whatever is truthful for you. Okay. It sounds like, um, just to clarify, it sounds like I said, when I moved to the city, I met him within three years. And in fact, it was three days. Um, I met the guy that I psychically knew I would for five years. I moved to New York City and within three days I had the ticket to see him and I guess it was six days total they had their signing in Virgin Records in Union Square. Um, so within a week that, um, what's the word? I'm psychic and I can't think of the word. Um, prediction came true. So there were many things like that, that my mother absolutely witnessed, whether she remembers that or not, I have no control over that. And really the point of the exercise is so you can get real clear on any messaging you had or have that keeps you blind to your gift, to your talent, to your incredible intuition today. That's really the intention 
where are you today? That's what really matters. Okay, question number four, of course, is what messages did your father send you about a person's ability to be intuitive and or psychic? So the same thing with our fathers, um, you know, whether the father was there, whether, you know, whether he was there, whether he used his own intuition, whether he encouraged you in any capacity, whether, like I said, with my own dad, um, any sort of intuitive or psychic stuff, which of course we didn't even use those words back then, but let's just say anything like if I had a feeling I did not trust somebody um, he would be a character that would make fun of me. Like, oh my God, you know, like, what do you got a chip on your shoulder or so in my early days, he would have been one that would make fun of anything like that. However, when I finally confronted myself and had some experience under my belt consciously where I started working with the public and I got real good, solid mentorship around my gift, um, when I confronted him from that point of view about my intuition, this was something that really lit him up and, um, he respected it and he would start to ask questions. And there are times where he calls me to be his psychic, which is something I, I don't want to be his psychic. You know, I'm his kid. And I, um, I, you know, just like with my husband, just like with my children, there are times where, of course, I'll offer that freely because that's just who I am. That's just part of who I am. Um, but there's boundaries there with my father um, because in no way do I ever want to be that for him specifically. Um, just going back to sort of the need of the title. <laughs> and uh, it takes a lot of effort to to use gifts. So I'm carrying on, but I'm, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm, I know many of you listening to this are, can relate to that where, you know, at some point our family can respect the gift and then they can also sort of use us ex exclusively for the gift, which is not cool. So my story with my father, it's like, it was something that would have been made fun of. And then it was something he was, I, I, you know, I think my coming out, my learning about it in, in pursuing it, and then it became my life and my work, um, has healed the story in him. And, you know, when Sylvia Brown says she comes from 300 years of psychics, um, you know, then my father tells me all the, his experiences, well, that expanded my, my own history. Right. And then you go back and he said his dad was pretty psychic too. And then my aunt is from that family. So it's like, I'm the youngest, uh, I'm the youngest girl of that family. And I had to understand my own gift only to open it up for everyone else to, um, accept the gift within them. And my grandpa had deaf and mute mother and father. So one can imagine, you know, I'm a medium, so I can talk to them, but one can just logically imagine they had to be pretty damn intuitive, don't you think, to have navigated this world as deaf mutes. Um, so, uh, you know, I share that just so you're thinking about, well, maybe I can talk to my mom, dad, maybe you can't, um, you know, and maybe I can expand my own history, our own legacy. Um, maybe you do come from hundreds of years of fellow psychic mediums. Maybe you come from this long legacy and maybe it was just shamed and snuffed out of them. So they don't talk about it. You just don't know. Um, so 
if the family is open to expanding that, maybe you can find, wow, I do come from a long line. And um, even if you don't, it doesn't matter because you're a unique and eternal soul. So you don't have to come from a long line of intuitives. You just don't. But I think it's common too. And if only our older generations could safely and confidently and comprehensively come out knowing how their intuition worked for them. Um, these are really fascinating conversations. So I could talk a lot about that, but let's just bring it back to number four. What messages did your father send about a person's ability to be intuitive and or psychic? So exploring the relationship with the father. Okay. Number five. All right. Before we get to number five, I just, I want to say this. I want to expand your relationship with your father and your mother. So think about this in, when you pursue question number three as well. Okay. So I, I know so many people whose fathers passed away when they were young. I don't know why it's mainly the fathers, um, in my world. <laughs> so I want to talk about a parent that's crossed over, they still are part of your intuitive story. And many times when, when a father, I'm just going to say father. So for the sake of going back and forth, but let's say your father passed away and you were young, your experience with intuition absolutely is expanded through trying to connect to your father on the other side. So this actually tends to open up people when their loved ones pass away when they're young because they are instinctively trying to connect to their parent on the other side. Um, so you both become wide open and then because the dead don't do it the way this culture says it should if it was real, you are also really shut down. So that could be something to really look at when you're thinking about these questions or journaling these questions. Um, also your loved ones are always with you, especially if it's a parent on the other side, especially if they were a loving parent. Um, there have been times of course, where let's just say a parent has passed away due to a really traumatic thing, like a drug overdose or things like that. Yeah, your spirit guides may not allow them to come really close to you unless they're A, crossed over or B, more healed and clear. And so they can bring you more clear love from the other side. So there, there is a texture there. I could talk forever. I won't. Not in this podcast about that. But there are many wonderful fathers who passed away when their families were young and they have been this huge actual, actually this huge part of your continued relationship with spirit and spirituality and um, heaven and intuition. And so when we're talking about mothers and fathers and perhaps yours is on the other side, they're still very much a big part of how you experience your intuition. You know, do you get messages from your loved ones? Do you hear do songs come on the radio that reminded you of your parent? Is that a message for you? Do you have visions? Do you have dreams? Like how has the parent or the, let's just say father still continued to be a part of your de spiritual development? 
just because they're passed away does not mean they are not. In fact, it enhances your spiritual language. So maybe I'll have to do another podcast on something like that because, oh, this, that conversation, it could just be incredible Um, because there's so many different things that happen, but something is happening, I assure you. So be thinking about that and pursue that even if your parent is passed away. Okay. Okay. Officially. Number five, did you receive messages from a grandparent about intuition and were they religious or spiritual? So I know many of you like me were raised by grandparents. My grandma was very Catholic and was probably more of the dominant person that raised me. And so a lot of my belief systems really came from her. So there were a lot of things I had to overcome in terms of belief systems and patterns and real more religious rigidity around intuition and my ability to be guided. Um, so depending on the, you know, the religious aspect or how intimate of a relationship you had with your grandparents, I know some of you don't even know your, <laughs> didn't even know your grandparents. Um, I would encourage you, even if you didn't know them to perhaps just kind of either sit in meditation and try to get some information around it. Um, because there could still be a subconscious part of you still waiting for permission from the grandparents to allow yourself to be so intuitive or so gifted or so sensitive. Um, sometimes realizing actually that grandparent was also probably a sensitive like me can create a continued relationship or a sense of belonging that you might not realize you actually have. So do, do go ahead and explore your relationships with grandparents and see how that has affected your relationship with your intuition. Okay. Number six, what were your feelings about being psychic or intuitive when you were little? And did you know you were or could be? I could talk forever about the subject of being a psychic kid. I'm sure you could too. I think it's a super important conversation because so many of us were. And we filed it under completely nonsensical memory files and headings. <laughs> so like um, imaginary friend was a big one for me. And uh, um, imagining like my, I was always talking to my grandpa who was on the other side, always from the time I have memory to when I gave him the ultimatum when I was like six years old or so, um, always talking to him. And I never thought what that was. And yet there was part of me that knew I didn't necessarily want to tell everybody I was talking to grandpa. So, you know, we get these messages when we're young, realizing not everybody's acknowledging him. Like we're talking about him, but we're acting like he's not sitting here, which he was sitting there. I could see him. And very, when we're very little kids, we do funny things with that because we don't, it's like we get the message not to talk about it, but we are talking to them. So we file it away in funny categories, like imaginary friend, or I'm just making it up or, um, you're just seeing things like as if the things that you see, you're not seeing. Oh my God. Again, that could be a whole other podcast, but so I just, just be real gentle with yourself, be playful, um, 
just kind of really acknowledge that inner child in you and, and pursue her with some fun with this question, please. Cause really kind of going back with either a critical eye can be painful and, or I have many students that claim they were not psychic kids and with mentorship and contexting it appropriately, um, they absolutely were psychic kids, but they just filed it again. They filed it away under, I was very creative or <laughs> God, we, we call intuitive things, all sorts of, put them under all sorts of categories. So you know, just could you be, could you even be, and more importantly, were you, and to try to write down some evidential things like, you know what, Hey, I saw this, or I knew this and, or I predicted this and this happened. So just kind of really honoring this young part of our lives and, you know, to not sort of good or bad. Like when my son was very clairvoyant when he was born, and even at to quickly tell a story, just to illustrate the point, I've told the story before, but you know, I moved him in from the blue room into the green room when he was two years old. And I always saw a woman sitting in the green room. I thought maybe it was just a hologram cause I was too exhausted to pursue it further. So, Oh, it's, it should be okay. So I didn't get a good vibe from the woman, but I thought it should just be okay. So that very night, I put him in his little day crib, um, you know, the thing. Okay. Anyway, so I put him to bed and about 10 minutes later, he toddles down to me and he says, mama, the lady's in the room. So, I mean, I didn't tell him about what I saw. I didn't tell him anything. And his two year old could see her clearly and came down and instructed me to get her out of his room. And he was just a baby. So I understood that he was far more clairvoyant than even I was at the time. And as he has gotten older, he is not as clairvoyant. So you can imagine that even when you're raised to celebrate this, to understand this, to, to be what you are, thank God there's, there can be a mechanism that softens spirits, you know, softens your ability to see them or softens your, your ability to hear spirits or guides or, you know, all the different things that we can experience. And this, let that not be a bad thing because we are here in this life and doing your own thing is hard enough sometimes, let alone if you can see spirits, if you can hear voices that just really creates a lot of static for us. So if you law, if you can go back to and remember, Hey, you know, when I was little, I did see spirits and I don't, you know, like don't, don't beat yourself up. Just, just honor that. Just acknowledge that, Hey, once upon a time, I actually did do that. And maybe you can be curious what happened to that or why did I lose that? Or did I lose that? Or maybe I still see stuff. I just, got really good at ignoring it, which I'm still pretty good at ignoring things because I got a life to live and I got kids to take care of and I got shit to do. So healthy intuition is not stopping every five seconds to talk to the dead or to, you know, and listen to every thought or voice outside of thought you've had. Like, anyway, I could carry on, but I won't. <laughs> so number six, what were your feelings about being psychic or intuitive when you were little? And did you know you were or could be? Okay. 
Okay, number seven. Did you experience intuition when you were young? So, you know, a little bit older than when you were little. And trying and the next question is how old were you and what was the experience like for you? So there's three questions in the seventh question, but just trying to get more texture out of it. You know, did you experience intuition when you were young? How old were you? And what was the experience like for you? So trying to get more texture and trying to honor what you specifically experienced. Okay, more refinement. Question eight. Did you see, feel, or know spirits were around you when you were little? How old were you? And what was that like for you? So just really pursuing and expanding one of the, one of the, um, I want to say problems, but one of the frustrations with intuition is not knowing what kind of questions to ask or even ask ourselves. So this question just kind of expands it, um, tries to honor the age that you're at when you had experiences And then what was that like for you? You know, just trying to dig a little bit deeper, making it more about you and how you felt using intuition. So if intuition uh, was scary when we're little or we felt out of control or helpless, we could be 40 years old today and not want to access intuition because we remember feeling helpless when it happened. So you're not six years old, you know, maybe you're in your forties or maybe you're in your sixties. And a lot of the intuitive recovery I do with my clients, which are typically 55 years and older is to reconnect them to their intuition as grown adults, right? When we're little and we experience these things, we can make, it can make us not want to ever pursue it again because we feel five years old and scared again. So if you're an adult and you're older, we can reconnect the intuition through reminding us even at a minimum that you're an adult and you're okay and you're safe and you're in control. You're not five years old anymore. Okay, let's see. Number nine, did you predict anything that came true when you were young? How old were you? What happened? And how did that make you feel? So prediction things can also be a doorway of shutting down intuition when, um, and again, we're, we're sort of talking about the negative things because we're talking about psychic recovery here. We're talking about doing a deep dive to heal and be more conscious of intuition and how we can have it shut down a little bit today because of what happened when we were little. So there are people, of course, that predicted awesome things. I certainly predicted a lot of awesome things. And you know what? Um, When you were in, you know, question nine, did you predict anything and it came true when you were young? Yeah, get all over that. Get all over the positive things too. And maybe, you know, when you did a prediction or you knew somebody was untrust, even, even the little celebrations on like when I knew this person wasn't trustworthy, And they finally did something to show other people. I already knew that. So it helped me trust myself that I could read people really well. And when I could really say that to myself and remember that, then I made better choices with friendships and dating. When 
I knew that and maybe my dad's voice in my head, what do you have a chip on your shoulder? Like, Oh, I shouldn't judge this person. I shouldn't be mean and judging and I should give them a chance. And then I would typically get into bad relationships because I was not in alignment with my intuition. So we just kind of want to remember the times we predicted things that were awesome, building confidence, the times we predicted things that were not so awesome, something bad happened. We want to just like, okay, that's what happened, but it wasn't your fault. So seeing it through the lens of a grown adult, as I'm sure you are, if you're listening to this podcast. Okay. And finally, was there anyone you could talk to about your intuitive experiences? So, (laughs) you know, the greatest feedback I get back from my students and my clients is, Where the hell else do they get to have these conversations? And I know I am not the only person that can have these conversations by any capacity, but I am a person that can have deep and wide conversations about intuition because it is just so vast. And if you do not have anyone you can talk to about it, let it be a priority to pursue make a request to have relationships where you can talk about your intuitive experiences, where you can share them, you can dissect them, you can expand them. Um, it's, it, you know, your spiritual aspect. So it's no different than your emotional aspect or your mental aspect. I'm a lifelong learner. I am constantly pursuing new information and expanding my knowledge because I I love that. I care about that. I value education. Um, But I can get bored easy. So I, I pursue new mental information to keep life interesting and exciting. I, I'm constantly learning about my own emotional capabilities and abilities and you know, I, I try to at least talk to my therapist once a month to make sure I'm experiencing my own emotions in a healthy way. And if there is a part I'm blindsided to within my own emotional, um, experience, I want her perspective. So the intuitive experience is the same. You would find a mentor, you would go to a psychic that is incredible. God pray. Um, you would get into a group of other intuitive women. I mean, whatever it takes so that your intuitive experiences can be honored and even validated to some degree. I don't often encourage external validation, but with the right people, it can be such a gift to your life. Okay. So I've gone, you know, 12 plus minutes over uh, what I wanted to. And I do have a bonus um, question that I'd like you to ask yourself, and then we will wrap up. So the bonus question I'd like you to ask is, you know, what were the messages from your culture that you received about intuition? So even here in America, you know, there's very different textures in the Southern culture versus the Northern culture in our country. Um, There are different messages within different religions, within the different cultures. (laughs) So do invite the, into your conversation with yourself, you know, what's my cultural belief around intuition and being psychic? Um, Maybe there are still some places you'd be super shamed, um, shunned, is that the right word? 
for being intuitive or sensitive or, um, and seeing perhaps how maybe you shrink yourself to quote unquote, stay safe because the culture doesn't accept such things. And maybe you can invite yourself if you must to think about where you'd perhaps want to live so that the culture supports your incredible ability to be light filled and intuitive and trusting God or the universe, the creator, however you say that. It's just really important that we put intuition and our psychic senses forward in our lives because it really is how we are guided. It's how we are connected to heaven. It is how we are guided. It is how we stay the path for our own particular story, our own particular life. Um, and in my experience without it, I was absolutely lost. It was never gone. I just didn't listen to it. <laughs> I have a very rebellious archetype. Um, and when I, uh, I allowed the rebel to run the show, it did not make the best decisions. So being in alignment with intuition, knowing who your birth guide is and how they communicate with you, knowing which is the strongest Claire in you, knowing how to access your Claire's, knowing how to use them in real time to keep you safe, to have you know what the right decision is for you in every moment, really. Right? Okay. So these are just a few questions, you know, technically 11 questions that you can really start asking yourself to get more conscious around your personal experience of intuition, your history, your belief systems, your patterns. And do go to Kate, uh, Kate And these will, I'll, I'll go ahead and put these on the website that you'll hopefully be able to print out no problem. So you can journal, you can take this with you. You can take it somewhere, um, where you can have quietness and pursue these deep questions around your intuition. Um, I think there'll be a lot of insights there for you when you do go back to the family. Um, you know, even maybe you don't even have a relationship with your family. That is a relationship. You know, that, that was really hard for me to understand. Um, I was in session with a client once and, uh, she'd said something about me being a little sister and I've never felt like a little sister though. I have an older sister and I, it was, um, I had to really work with like hearing that, just that term little sister. Cause I, again, I just, I am, whether I like it or not, whether there's a relationship there or not, that is what I am. And, um, I've never thought of myself that way. So I had to do some journaling and really sit with the perhaps non ability to get to be a little sister um, whatever you think that you should have been treated like, you know, um, a non-relationship is still a relationship. So these questions can just really help us get more conscious around where we are today, right here, right now, and really be set free to be fully, um, just fully 
conscious and have the intuition be in the light of who we are today. So I wish you all the blessings as you confront yourself with these 11 questions. All right, take care. If you're interested in finding out which is the strongest Claire in you, go to my website at katesaintclair.com and take the quiz, Which Claire Are You? Until next time, remember, it's your birthright to be guided and be great.